We're going to pivot now to talk about employment law. Patrick Dolan joins us now from Siegel and Dolan. Patrick, how are you doing, my friend? I'm good. Thanks to be here again. You feeling John. good? Nice. Yep, good. Employment law always busy and fun. I mean, the new year must mark a time for a lot of new, uh, well, I don't know about new laws, although there are new there laws are. that are new yeah, places. And, and we'll talk about a few of them. You know, people are in the midst of some job changes, um, and that tends to happen sort of naturally at year's end, either you know, something they planned for or didn't plan for. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, there are a lot of changes. A few new laws that we'll talk about. Um, There's one um, uh, proposal from the FTC with regard to um, banning non-competes, which we'll get in. That's just proposed. For so let's countrywide, countrywide, yes. Oh, let, let's not get too excited okay. yet, okay? Um, because that's just a proposed rule by the FTC, which has to go through a lot of public commentary. Um, so that's not. It's not like it's going to happen next month. Okay. Yeah, I know that there's different, uh, you know, non-competes. We could get into the weeds about yeah, this we here will. in Illinois about the uh, percentage. But do you mind yeah. if we take a quick call? Because Vanessa's been waiting. Let's, for a long time. Absolutely. It's she called in the last hour. Vanessa, you're on WGN. Thank you so much for holding. Oh, my gosh. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> so broad <laughs> strokes. Yeah, we don't want to, like, you know, name any businesses here no, on the air don't. live. So no. just broad don't strokes, get us Vanessa. In trouble, Vanessa. Yeah, exactly. Okay. okay. All right. For the past um, 10 years, I've been a, a volunteer for a local group of veterans, the four veteran posts in my community under one roof. It's an unusual 501c19 charitable organization called Veterans Support Group. Uh, for the past three years, they elected to pay me through this fund, and the four posts contribute to it. Um, in this past year, I was advised that probably by this this past December, they would uh, redefine and limit my job. And there are some other things going on that I won't go into detail. Right. What What happened was on the last Tuesday of September, my supervisor re- voluntarily resigned to gracefully dissolve this veteran support group. The next day, I decided to leave early, and I started packing my belongings. I was approached by two uh, post officers, and they accused me of taking post property. Um, what it was, it's a binder I've built for 35 years of all my business and community contacts. So I your stuff that you had built through the business? Yeah, yeah. And I even elected they could have anything military-related, take out the business cards from the different veterans organizations, but the rest is mine. And I set the bag down, walked away, went back to my station. At the end of my workday, I came and the bag was gone. And the two people were still in the room. I chose not to confront them because one of them is a big kind of threatening guy. And I left for the day. So that's where the story ends. I called two post commanders and and asked for their help to just give a call or go over and try to get my binder for me. They both tried and were refused. I called the police to file a police report. So that's where it stands now, as of now. But the defamation of character comes in because that evening they took that binder and emailed all my contacts a letter saying, based on the events of that day, totally falsifying, uh, this is to announce that Vanessa is no longer affiliated. Vanessa, hold on on one second. Don't give out your last names. Don't read the whole letter. Uh, No, you're you're fine. You're fine. You're good. I'm going to put you on on hold for a second because we got the news coming up. I at least want to get part of your answer. Let's broaden this out, Patrick. Let's do it. When you work at a place, you gather information through this business is that your information at the end of the day or is it just depend you know it depends on what we're talking about some of it is the individual's information most of it actually is not um and there's issues with confidentiality what's exactly in the information if it's your like resume or stuff like that anything personal it's yours but anything any kind of work product that you created while you were working for the company it's really not yours even the it's, context that you make with yeah, people oh yeah yes and so that becomes a discussion though with the company you're leaving okay what can i use what can i not i'm t- I, I need this to try to get a new job you know something like that and usually it's a reasonable communication but i would say err on the side of don't take things that are arguably company property. Mm-hmm. Because if you have any claims you want to assert down the road, they'll put that back on you mm-hmm. and it'll make it that much more difficult. The defina- defamation thing is a whole other yeah. issue, right? It's a whole other issue. So if, um, like being, to- being told publicly, a company telling um, other companies or prospective employers publicly that you're terminated, that's not defamatory. Um, if, however, a company is saying that you engage in illegal behavior by perhaps taking this property that the company claims was not yours, that could be defamation. Defamation, um, we, we deal with it all the time in the workplace. And if it's a false statement that's harmful to the individual, you may have a defamation claim. Okay, so Vanessa... 
you're going to call this number. Patrick, where can people reach you at <laughs> with Siegel and happy Dolan? To, I'm happy to talk to Vanessa. 312-651-4851 is my direct line at Siegel and Dolan. Can you give it one more time? 312-651-4851. We'll check with Vanessa during the news to make sure she got that. And we appreciate the phone call. We really do. These are important issues to people. I can hear the emotion in Vanessa's voice, who dedicated a lot of time to a place, feels that someone did her wrong. Maybe you have a similar story. Broad strokes, 312-981-7200. And we'll dive into more with Patrick Dolan after the news on WGN. All right, 720 WGN. Let's get legal. Powered by the Illinois State Bar Association. And the rest of our show will be about employment law. We've already dove into a little bit with Patrick Dolan from Siegel and Dolan. Let me give out that website, by the way, Patrick. msiegellaw.com. S-I-E-G-E-A. Nope. I just messed that up. Sorry, Patrick. <laughs> People Almost. do that all the time. Siegel, yeah. you know how it's spelled. S I E G E L L E L and then law.com. Yep, there you go. I'll get it eventually. We'll try that again a little later, Patrick. <laughs> all right, new laws. Uh, we sort of teased at the FTC what they may dive into this idea of no non competes whatsoever, but this could be a multi-year process that would likely end up in the courts, too. Yeah, it, it probably will. So, so let's just set aside the Illinois new laws for a while and look at the FTC. So they proposed a rule, which Biden has talked about for a while, that will ban non-competes, period. Um, now, it's got to go through a public, and, and this was thir- literally last thir- Thursday, two days ago. So okay. it has to go through a period of public commentary. Then there's a whole other process that has to happen for the pro- proposed rule to actually pass. Um, and you know it's going to be challenged in court um, by a lot of business uh, um, businesses and business-related entities. Um, so, you know, I don't know how it's going to end. Mm-hmm. And if it even passes ultimately and, it, and the FTC is ruled to um, be allowed to prohibit non-competes, it's not even going to be till 2024 anyway. Okay. So it's not like it's going to happen in a couple months. And uh, can the FTC do this on their own, or do they have to go through Congress? Yeah, they, they can, well, they think they can do this on their own. Okay. And so they'll yeah. be, their authority will be challenged. Yeah, I'm sure, for sure. Okay, let's and dive with, in. And with the make it with the Supreme Court? Yeah, right. I, I'm not, I, I think it's a great idea for a number of reasons to ban non-competes. Um, but I'm not, you know, not going to hold my breath on that. Right, and we'll just wait and see, but yep. you'll, you'll keep us posted. Yes. What about Illinois new laws for employment? So there are a couple of new laws. Um, one law called the Child Bereavement Leave Act. Oh, yeah, is, I saw this. Yeah, is, is now the Family Bereavement Leave Act, um, and that requires an employer to provide up to two weeks of unpaid leave. And the reason the change in the name is because what's covered has been broadened. It's no longer uh, just the death of your child. It's the death of um, other people in your family, spouse, domestic partner, um, grandmother, grandfather. um, You know, uh, it's broadened as to who's included. And also, um, the leave um, can be for things like a a miscarriage, Mm -hmm. um, efforts to become pregnant that were unsuccessful, um, um, maybe an adoption that didn't go through. So law, the law is actually expanded to protect people who want to take leave for a number of things related to bereavement. Right, because, you know, emotions are sometimes just as high for some of the things you mentioned as a death would Absolutely. be, right, for certain Absolutely. people. And so this is unpaid leave, meaning yep. basically you're guaranteed you can go away for two weeks, come back, that job is still yours, Yes, no matter what. Yep, in, in, in like the FMLA or any other leave-based law, your job, your compensation, your benefits are all protected during that time. Okay. What else you got for us for new um, Illinois so laws? So there's a new law called the Create a Respectful and Open Workplace for Natural Hair Act, known as the Crown Act. Oh, yeah. It amends the Illinois Human Rights uh, Act to specifically prohibit discrimination based on traits associated with race, like hair texture, hairstyles such as braids, locks, and twists. Natural hair that a lot Natural, of uh, that's black right. Americans have been fighting for. Yes. Like, do not discriminate based on this hair that is who I am. Yes, that's exactly right. And so now the Illinois Human Rights Act has been amended to protect those um, circumstances. Okay, that seems like a good one. Yep. Any other ones that you have for us? You're you know, scrolling through the list. Yeah, so, so, there's, <laughs> so there's one more. It's not a really big deal, but um, there's, a, there's a, um, a law that requires one day of rest per seven days week worked. Um, now, it used to be the law was per calendar week. Okay. But what companies would do is 
put you half in one calendar week and half in the like other. Like Tuesday through Saturday, yes. Sunday through Thursday, yes. and then that'd be 10 or 11 days in a row. It would be. And so now it's consecutive days to address that. So if you've worked seven consecutive days, you can't work seven consecutive days, no matter which calendar week it's in, you need a day off. You're allowed to or you are required to take one? No, you're all, you're, you, you cannot be forced okay. to work seven days straight. Right. So it's not necessarily a paid day off. It's just they cannot punish no. you yes. if you say, I cannot work that day. There can be no retribution for that. Yes, and they must give you a day of rest. Right. Oh, that's interesting. Yep. I don't think that's a small thing. I actually think a lot of people could benefit from that because there are, you're right. Well, there was a huge loophole as to how it was implemented by companies. 100%. So. They'd have you go Monday through Saturday and Sunday right. through Friday, and that's right. like 11 days. Right. I imagine that's huge for a, a lot of people. Does that apply? That doesn't apply to independent contractors, I imagine. It though. actually does. Oh, it does? Yeah. Well, I'm thinking of a lot of truck drivers out there as well who are notorious for being under, given breaks that are not long enough for people. And and that's been a fight for a lot of people. It has been. All right. Interesting stuff. So those are are three of the newest laws in Illinois that I think um, address concerns that several people have in the workplace. Yeah, for sure. All right. We're going to talk about um, the idea about looking for a new job, but having that non-compete. We talked about non-competes earlier. Uh, in Illinois, I know that you know salary based is part of it, right? If you're paid yeah. a certain amount, they cannot yeah. force a non compete mm-hmm. on you. But let's say you, you have a non compete. Let's say it would hold up, or it's it, it, it seems enforceable, and you want to go look for another job. What is the best course of action for that? Um, you you start out by determining whether the non compete is enforceable, and it has to be reasonable with regard to time one years to to one or two years. It has to be reasonable in terms of scope, like what exactly can't you do? In other mm-hmm. words, it can't be just any job at a new employer. It has to be something that's same or similar to what you did before. And there's also a geographic scope. If the company you work for is only in Illinois or the Midwest, it can't be a national uh, non-compete. You can't be, you can't be prohibited from working anyway, anywhere. So there's certain... Uh, there's a certain test that you have to sort of, you know, think about in terms of how this applies to me. What am I trying to do? So here's the problem with non-competes, though. Um, it's safest to assume they're enforceable, mm-hmm. but a lot of times they're not enforceable as written or as applied to that person who wants to get another job. So it has a real chilling effect on that person. Right. And companies know that it dissuades them from looking for work. Um, and that's, uh, you know, that's, that's anti-competitive. That tends to dampen down wages. I have a lot of folks who come to me and say, I want to start a company. That's a huge problem for them because they can't because of a non-compete. Mm. And then the practical problem is, what do you do about it? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The, you don't want to fight the company necessarily, but you want your next job. In, or you want to start a company, and you and you need to make a living. It's, and you don't want to assume they're just not going to enforce it. Don't assume that. That's not a safe assumption, yeah. Right, because I, I go on internet forums sometimes, people are like, eh, they're not going to do anything yeah. about it. It's not worth it for them. It yeah. may be. So oftentimes my first question is, has this company enforced a non-compete in any similar situation in your workplace before. Can so I look I that up, or can you look that up? Well, a lot of people know. I can. I can if, if they've been sued, I can generally find it. But what, enforcement is, is not all the time being sued. It's a cease and desist letter, a really nasty letter, which says, I'm going to tell your new employer that you have this non-compete. I'm going to, and they're, they're going to terminate you, and there's going to be a bunch of damages if, can, if you continue to work there because you're taking Wait, our clients. Wait, they threaten your new job? Yeah, they do. So you've started at that new job. Yeah. You said bye-bye to the old yeah. one, and they send a letter to your new job yes. saying you're under a non-compete yep. for them. Yep. Does it, they're not trying to sue the new job. They're just trying to show them that, what, you're not a model employee and that well, there's potential hiccups along the way? Yeah, and, what, and what, what companies sometimes do is try to drive a wedge between you and your new employer. Right. Because then the new employer is like, oh, wait a minute, you know, we didn't talk about this, which frankly, I tell people all the time, you, you really should talk with your new employer about that. The day I have yeah, this. Surprises are bad. Right. You know, um, I have this. Let's talk about whether it's enforceable. What can I do in your company? What can't I do? Will you, will you defend me if they come after me? These are all bases that you really want to cover before you make that leap. But sometimes people come to me having not had any of those conversations. Starting point. Let me let's talk to the new employer. Let's talk. Let's show them the non-compete. 
you know, they get this letter and they're like, well, wait a minute, you know, but before you jump to just the, let's just terminate the new employee. Mm-hmm. Um, there are lots of ways to, frankly, deal with the old employer to see what the concern really is. So it's not a lost cause if you don't raise it, although you really should, with the new employer. It just makes it a lot more difficult and, frankly, much more uncomfortable to get that notice that the new employer has no knowledge of. Is that so? I mean, and part of it's got to be why they send a new letter to your or uh, a letter to your new employee or employer is. I mean, they want word to get back to your fellow coworkers, they your do. former coworkers. That goes that back to the effect. dissuasion thing, yeah. yeah. Because even if the non-compete is technically unenforceable as written, they're they're trying to enforce it anyway. Oh, this oftentimes, is the, this is interesting stuff. So, when should people reach out to you, perhaps at Siegel and Dolan? Is it, hey, I'm thinking about leaving this yeah, company. that's the best time. Okay. So uh, oftentimes someone will say, right, I'm, I'm going to leave my current employer. Here's my non-compete or my non-solicit of clients, right? Um, will you please tell me if it's enforceable? And here's where I want to go. This is what the company does. This is the job I had before. This is the job I want to get next. Um, and I work through that process with them, telling them whether it's enforceable or not as to their specific st- situation. And I'll work with the new company and say, listen, you know, my, my person's really excited to work for you. Let's just talk about the non-compete, what they can do, you know, what your concerns are as an employer. But we can work through this and we can work this out. I'd just be impressed as a boss that someone had a lawyer. <laughs> Seriously. Like if I had a, someone I wanted to hire and they came to me and they're like, oh, I'm going to have you talk to my employment lawyer. I'd be like, boy, this person's serious about what they want to do. I, I mean, it does add some weight in any situation to have a lawyer with you. Well, you know what? There are there are ways to solve that issue and to make it work when you're when you're transitioning jobs. For sure. Uh, we'll do more with Patrick Dolan in just a bit. MSiegelLaw.com. M-S-I-E-G-E-L Law.com. I cleaned my glasses and I was able to read that a little bit easier, Patrick. How do you want people to call you, by the way? What's a good phone number to reach you at? Yeah, they can call my direct line, 312-651-4851. Say it one more time, a little slower. That's okay. 312-651-4851. Okay, we're getting some other questions on the text line about non-competes, 312-981-7200, about anything related to employment law. More with Patrick after this on WGN. Patrick Dolan Dolan from Siegel and Dolan. Um, this is a great text, Patrick. 847 says, wow, this is a great show. I've never listened at this time. I love that. Thank you for listening today. We appreciate that. Uh, and we're normally on from 1 to 3 on Saturdays. Sometimes that changes, though. Of course, we have Northwestern basketball. We have football. And um, Blackhawks, too, sometimes interferes. I believe next Saturday we're on at this time as well. Sometimes we're on Sundays. We move around a little bit. We try and keep you posted. But, yeah, that's what this show is all about. I ask a lot of dumb questions to really smart people. And we are going to continue that trend, Patrick. Actually, the 847, in addition to liking the show, said, isn't a non-compete over a time period? Like in the financial sector, it is like three months. And I think what they're saying is maybe it's three months from when you leave a job, you can't go get another one. Is that sometimes the addendum at the end? Or are there some that are more binding longer than that? Like you can't work at another company for X, Y, Z number of years. Yeah. So non-competes are always for a specific length of time. Most are one or two years. The caveat, though, is that it has to protect a legitimate business interest. So if there's really nothing to protect for that full year, it could be just a couple of months, three months, six months, something like that. But in the agreement, you're going to get a length of time. And that's you know, what's supposed to be enforceable. And we should mention now there is a salary line of demarcation, right? There is. So Illinois passed uh, a law within the past year or two that says if you make under $75,000 a year, a non-compete cannot be enforced against you. They also passed a similar law which says if you make under $45,000 a year, you cannot have a non-solicitation be enforced against you. Whoa, what's the difference? I don't know what that is. So a non-solicit is you, when you leave going to a new employer, soliciting the business from former clients. Clients of your former employer. Say, hey, come on over here. Yeah, come on over. Or employees you used to work with, same thing. You can't solicit them. Um, Wait, that's not allowed? It's not if you have a non-solicit. No, it's not. Oh, I didn't know that. So most non- Isn't that a free speech violation? Uh, No, not not if... No, not not generally speaking. Yeah, no, it's an enforceable provision. And so most non-competes are coupled, actually, with a non-solicit of employees or customers slash clients. I never knew that. Yeah. 
I better look in my past to see if I've <laughs> ever violated that. But you know what? You can't say, like, so uh, let's just make sure. sure we got this right. Under 45000 cannot do that. You cannot have a non-solicit. Non-solicit. Okay. So if you make over 45000 you go to somewhere else and you're like, hey, Billy, this place is great. You should come here. No good. If 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 they were if I was told ahead of time, yeah. I can't do that. Yeah, if you have an enforceable non-solicit, and what what companies sometimes do is slip the word hire in, so it's not just a non-solicit, but a no hire clause, uh, and that's even more difficult because solicit you could be like, well, I didn't solicit that. Yeah, how do you prove yeah, that? Yeah, they, they they there was a posting. They came to the job. Yeah. I had nothing to do with it. Just because they're my roommate. Just because just because they're my spouse and I know everything about that. I had nothing to do with that. It, right. Yeah. And so, you know, it, it's, a, it's a more difficult situation if there's an actual no-hire clause, which they try to put in there, too, sometimes. To actually restrict hiring from Yeah, you, can, you literally can't have a direct or indirect part in the hiring of somebody you used to work with when you're at a new job. Hard to prove, but if they want to, they it probably is. can try. Yeah, but remember, it goes back to those cease and desist letters and that dissuasion effort. Oh, yeah. You don't want to deal with that. You know, as a, someone going from one job to another, you don't want to have to deal with your former company frankly, intervening with your new job. Make me feel better, Patrick. What percentage of people are like me that doesn't read every part of your agreement, doesn't read every part of the employment handbook, has very little knowledge of what happens if they leave uh, or their rights when they leave? A lot of people are like this, right? A lot of people are like that. Like 90%? Make me feel better. Probably. (laughs) (laughs) But that's something that people should take into their own, right? Like we have access to these documents we can talk to someone before we sign them. This is something that we really have to take ownership of. You know what? I think what happens is people are so excited with the new job, and they don't want to ruffle the feathers or negotiate or something like that with their new employer too hard about terms and conditions, right. et cetera, et cetera. Um, so they just don't read it that closely for reasons that I understand. But the problem is your job ends. It's going to end. Right. Or, so, they, or they read it and go, eh, but I don't want to ruffle but I don't any feathers. Want, right, right, right. But I don't want to make a big deal about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but there are things to do, um, that, to, to make your situation better going in that really don't, they're, they're not, you know, aggressive actions or anything like that. And they will make, uh, the terms and conditions of your job better. And you'll know what your rights and obligations are when you leave. So there are certain steps that I, that I don't think are a big deal at all that can really help you. All right. 773 says, how do old jobs know about the new job if you don't tell them? I guess it depends on the industry and people that are common amongst different offices, etc. Yeah, cetera. And, I, and I get that a lot. You know, uh, it, that's exactly how. And they, and they do know. And, you know, in your former colleague who you thought was your friend can, you know, might say this with, hey, you know, my buddy went over to this company. And they're like, oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. So it, it really, you know, most companies find out if you go to a competitor Yeah, say that. That's got to be industry specific, too. I'm sure some people work in industries where you're like, how would they ever know? Yeah, but yeah, in some really industries, depends. you're like, eh. Like in, in the media world. Uh, everyone I, will know. Everyone will know. Yeah, <laughs> but you're right. Some come. Some it's just very unlikely. Yeah, for sure. Very unlikely. I, I, I do want to leave time for this. We got about okay. three minutes left. If I've been laid off as a result of a reduction in force, what are my rights? And so that's a, a specific type of layoff that you have different rights than if you were to have messed something up on your own end, right? Yeah. So there is there is typically a notice obligation if it's a large group layoff that allows you more time to find a job. Okay, there, there's an act that protects you and gives you more time. Um, and there is a lot of, there are obligations that the company has with regard to benefits or maybe continued comp that are in their policies that apply to large group layoffs as opposed to just an individual leaving. So you sort of benefit oftentimes from the collective being laid off versus you just trying to negotiate your own separation agreement. When you say you have more time to look for a job, do you mean that the company will notice. pay you longer or no? no? Well, yeah, yeah. They have they have an, an additional notice requirement. They can't just fire you today okay. or on a Friday and In say mass. this is your last day. Right. They have to give you more time notice. And so during that time, you'll get paid, but you can use it to find another job. Is the devil in the details in terms of what makes it a large force reduction? Or could it be, hey, it was two of us today as opposed to just the one of us? It could be a small group. It could be a small group that constitutes a reduction in force that will trigger those obligations. Yes. Okay. So, boy, that seems surprising to me because I bet there's people out there, boy, I'm thinking of my industry, where it's a Friday and... 5% 5% of the people are let go for, hey, we got to make better payroll or whatever it is. We just can't afford you all. 
and they have no idea that they might be. It could be a group could layoff. Be. Could be, yeah, it could be a group layoff. Is, is that a company by company policy, or are there state no. and federal? Uh, there are law. There are laws that will determine whether your layoff constitutes a quote group layoff, where you will um, be allowed certain um, uh, rights, etc. So you're like this perfectly nice guy, right, Patrick? You're like very That's nice you're chill, you're relaxing, you're very charming. <laughs> and I just want to know, like, if someone just has like a question like that, like, hey, I was laid off, I have no idea. Can they just call you and, sure. and your firm and ask, right? Oh, no, I, I think I'm people happy to are, talk with them. I think people are afraid to call a lawyer because they're like, well, the clock's going to start running. No. And then, no. no, people call me all the time and just ask my opinion about a situation. And no, I'm, I'm just happy to help them. And how can people call you? Um, my direct line is probably the best, 312 Six five one, four eight five one. Before we go, mm-hmm, please, I want to wish my daughter Isabel a happy twenty first birthday. She's um, our youngest, and I think our older siblings are going to take her out on the town oh, tonight. Oh, all <laughs> right. She likes it or not, oh, I think she's birthday. going. Isabel, you said Isabel, yeah, Isabel, twenty one years old. Okay, give me the number one more time. Three one two. Um, six five one four eight five one. It's msegellaw.com. M S I E G E L law.com. You can also Google Patrick Dolan lawyer. That's how I found the website yep. too. <laughs> yep. Google's a really powerful tour. Yep. I can give you 30 seconds for this question that just came sure. in. Go ahead. Does HR protect the company or employee? 30 seconds, Patrick. Oh no, it's mostly the company. Okay. Don't, 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 don't be misled by that. They can be helpful, but they represent the company. You didn't even need 30 seconds. No. You needed like 13 for that one. I could have said it even longer. I was going to say, little did you know I needed 30 (laughs) seconds. No, I'm just kidding. That's great stuff. Patrick, it's great to chat with you. We'll do it again soon, okay? Thanks, John. Yeah, for sure. That's Patrick Dolan again, msegallaw.com. I agree with all the textures that this was an interesting show. This was a good one. We got uh, salt weapons we chatted about, employment law. Mike Leonard had some interesting stuff. We'll do it all again next week. We're going to pivot now to talk about employment law. Patrick Dolan joins us now from Siegel and Dolan. Patrick, how are you doing, my friend? I'm good. Thanks to be here again. You feeling good? Nice. Yep, good. Employment law always busy and fun. I mean, the new year must mark a time for a lot of new, uh, well, I don't know about new laws, although there are new there laws are. that are new yeah, places. And we'll talk about a few of them. You know, people are in the midst of some job changes, um, and that tends to happen sort of naturally at year's end, either you know, something they planned for or didn't plan for. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, there are a lot of changes. A few new laws that we'll talk about. Um, there's one um, uh, proposal from the FTC with regard to um, banning non-competes, which we'll get in. That's just proposed. For so let's, countrywide? Countrywide, yes. But let, let's not get too excited okay. yet. Okay. Um, because that's just a proposed rule by the FTC, which has to go through a lot of public commentary, um, so that's not, it's not like it's going to happen next month. Okay. Yeah. I know that there's different, uh, you know, non-competes. We could get into the weeds about yeah, this we here will. in Illinois about the uh, percentage. But do you want yeah. to take a quick call? Because Vanessa's been waiting Let's, for a long time. Absolutely. It's she called in the last hour. Vanessa, you're on WGN. Thank you so much for holding. Oh, my gosh. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> so broad strokes. Be brief. Yeah, we don't want to, like, you know, name any businesses here no, on the air don't. live. So no. just broad strokes, Don't get us Vanessa. in trouble. Vanessa. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. All right. For the past um, 10 years, I've been a a volunteer for a local group of veterans, the four veteran posts in my community under one roof. It's an unusual 501c19 charitable organization called Veterans Support Group. Uh, For the past three years, they elected to pay me through this fund, and the four posts contribute to it. Um, in this past year, I was advised that probably by this this, this past December, they would uh, redefine and limit my job. And there are some other things going on that I won't go into detail. Right. What, what happened was on the last Tuesday of September, my supervisor re- voluntarily resigned to gracefully dissolve this veteran support group. The next day, I decided to leave early, and I started packing my belongings. I was approached by two uh, post officers, and they accused me of taking post property. Um, what it was, it's a binder I've built for 35 years of all my business and community contacts. So I your stuff that you had built through the business? Yeah, yeah. And I even elected they could have anything military-related, take out the business cards from the different veterans organizations, but the rest is mine. And I set the bag down, walked away, went back to my station. At the end of my workday, I came and the bag was gone. And the two people were still in the room. I chose not to confront them because one of them is a big 
kind of threatening guy. Okay. And I left for the day. So that's where the story ends. I called two post commanders and, and asked for their help to just give a call or go over and try to get my binder for me. They both tried and were refused. Okay. I called the police to file a police report. So that's where it stands now, as of now. But the defamation of character comes in because that evening they took that binder and emailed all my contacts a letter saying, wow. based on the events of that day, totally falsifying. Right. Uh, this is to announce that Vanessa is no longer affiliated. Vanessa, hold on, hold on one second. Today. Don't give out your last names. Don't read the whole oh, letter. Oh, uh, no, you're, you're fine. Name. You're fine. You're good. I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on, I'm gonna put you on hold for a second because we got the news okay. coming up. I at least want to get part of your answer. Let's broaden this okay. out, Patrick. Yep, let's do it. When you work at a place, you gather information through this business is that your information at the end of the day or does it just depend you know it depends on what we're talking about some of it is the individual's information most of it actually is not Um, and there's issues with confidentiality what's exactly in the information if it's your like resume or stuff like that anything personal it's yours but anything any kind of work product that you created while you were working for the company it's really not yours even the it's, context that you make with yeah, people oh yeah yes and so that becomes a discussion though with the company you're leaving okay what can i use what can i not i'm t- I, I need this to try to get a new job you know something like that and usually it's a reasonable communication but i would say err on the side of don't take things that are arguably company property. Mm -hmm. Because if you have any claims you want to assert down the road, they'll put that back on you Mm -hmm. and it'll make it that much more difficult. The defamation thing is a whole other issue, right? It's a whole other issue. So if... um, like being to- being told publicly, a company telling um, other companies or prospective employers publicly that you're terminated, that's not defamatory. Um, if, however, a company is saying that you engage in illegal behavior by perhaps taking this property that the company claims was not yours, that could be defamation. Defamation, um, we, we deal with that all the time in the workplace. And if it's a false statement that's harmful to the individual, you may have a defamation claim. Okay, so Vanessa... You're going to call this number. Patrick, where can people reach you at <laughs> with Siegel and happy Bolin? To, I'm happy to talk to Vanessa. 312-651-4851 is my direct line at Siegel and Dolan. Can you give it one more time? 312-651-4851. We'll check with Vanessa during the news to make sure she got that. And we appreciate the phone call. We really do. These are important issues to people. I can hear the emotion in Vanessa's voice, who dedicated a lot of time to a place, feels that someone did her wrong. Maybe you have a similar story. Broad Strokes, 312-981-7200. And we'll dive into more with Patrick Dolan after the news on WGN. All right, 720 WGN. Let's get legal. Powered by the Illinois State Bar Association. And the rest of our show will be about employment law. We've already dove into a little bit with Patrick Dolan from Siegel and Dolan. Let me give out that website, by the way, Patrick. msiegellaw.com. S-I-E-G-E-A. Nope. I just messed that up. Sorry, Patrick. (laughs) People do that all the time. Siegel, you know how it's spelled. S-I-E-G-E-L-L-E-L, and then law.com. Yep, there you go. I'll get it eventually. We'll try that again a little later, Patrick. All right, new laws. uh, We sort of teased at the FTC what they may dive into this idea of no non-competes whatsoever, but this could be a multi-year process that would likely end up in the courts, too. Yeah, it, it probably will. So, so let's just set aside the Illinois new laws for a while and look at the FTC. So they proposed a rule, which Biden has talked about for a while, that will ban non-competes, period. Um, now, it's got to go through a public, and, and this was thir- literally last thir- Thursday, two days ago. So okay. it has to go through a period of public commentary. Then there's a whole other process that has to happen for the pro- proposed rule to actually pass. Um, and you know it's going to be challenged in court um, by a lot of business uh, um, businesses and business-related entities. Um, so, you know, I don't know how it's going to end. Mm-hmm. And if it even passes ultimately and, it, and the FTC is ruled to um, be allowed to prohibit non-competes, it's not even going to be till 2024 anyway. Okay. So it's not like it's going to happen in a couple months. And uh, can the FTC do this on their own, or do they have to go through Congress? Yeah, they, they can, well, they think they can do this on their own. Okay. And so they'll yeah. be, their authority will be challenged. Yeah, I'm sure, for sure. Okay, let's and dive with, in. And with the make it with the Supreme Court? Yeah, right. I, I'm not, 
I, I think it's a great idea for a number of reasons to ban non-competes. Um, but I'm not, you know, not going to hold my breath on that. Right, and we'll just wait and see, but yep. you'll, you'll keep us posted. Yes. What about Illinois new laws for employment? So there are a couple of new laws. Um, one law called the Child Bereavement Leave Act. Oh, yeah, is, I saw this. Yeah, is, is now the Family Bereavement Leave Act, um, and that requires an employer to provide up to two weeks of unpaid leave. And the reason the change in the name is because what's covered has been broadened. It's no longer uh, just the death of your child. It's the death of um, other people in your family, spouse, domestic partner, um, grandmother, grandfather. Um, you know, uh, it, the, it's broadened as to who's included. And also, um, the leave um, can be for things like a, mis- a miscarriage, mm-hmm. um, efforts to become pregnant that were unsuccessful, um, um, maybe an adoption that didn't go through. So law, the law is actually expanded to protect people who want to take leave for a number of things related to bereavement. Right, because, you know, emotions are sometimes just as high for some of the things you mentioned as a death would Absolutely. be, right, for certain Absolutely. people. And so this is unpaid leave, meaning yep. basically you're guaranteed you can go away for two weeks, come back, that job is still yours, Yes, no matter what. Yep, in, in, in like the FMLA or any other leave-based law, your job, your compensation, your benefits are all protected during that time. Okay. What else you got for us for new um, Illinois so laws? So there's a new law called the Create a Respectful and Open Workplace for Natural Hair Act, known as the Crown Act. Oh, yeah. It amends the Illinois Human Rights uh, Act to specifically prohibit discrimination based on traits associated with race, like hair texture, hairstyles such as braids, locks, and twists. Natural hair that a lot Natural, of black right. Americans have been fighting for. Yes. Like, do not discriminate based on this hair that is who I am. Yes, that's exactly right. And so now the Illinois Human Rights Act has been amended to protect those um, circumstances. Okay, that seems like a good one. Yep. Any other ones that you have for us? You're you know, scrolling through the list. Yeah, so, so, there's, <laughs> so there's one more. It's not a really big deal, but um, there's, a, there's a, um, a law that requires one day of rest per seven days week worked. Um, now, it used to be the law was per calendar week. Okay. But what companies would do is put you half in one calendar week and half in the like other. Like Tuesday through Saturday, yes. Sunday through Thursday, yes. and then that'd be 10 or 11 days in a row. It would be. And so now it's consecutive days to address that. So if you've worked seven consecutive days, you can't work seven consecutive days, no matter which calendar week it's in, you need a day off. You're allowed to or you are required to take one. No, you're all, you're, you, you cannot be forced okay. to work seven days straight. Right. So it's not necessarily a paid day off. It's just they cannot no. punish you yes. if you say, I cannot work that day. There can be no retribution for that. Yes, and they must give you a day of rest. Right. Oh, that's interesting. Yep. I don't think that's a small thing. I actually think a lot of people could benefit from that because there are, you're right. Well, there's a huge loophole as to how it was implemented by companies. Well, 100%. So. They'd have you go Monday through Saturday and Sunday right. through Friday, and that's right. like 11 days. Right. I imagine that's huge for a lot of people. Does that apply? That doesn't apply to independent contractors, I imagine. It though. actually does. Oh, it does? Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm thinking of a lot of truck drivers out there as well who are notorious for being under given breaks that are not long right. enough for people. Right. And, and that's been a fight for a lot of people. Yeah, it has been. All right. Interesting stuff. So those are those are three of the newest laws in Illinois that I think um, address concerns that's, that several people have in the workplace. Yeah, for sure. All right. We're going to talk about um, the idea about looking for a new job but having that non-compete. We talked about non-competes earlier. Uh, in Illinois, I know that they're, you know salary-based is part of it, right? If you're paid yeah. a certain amount, they cannot yeah. force a non-compete mm-hmm. on you. But let's say you have a non-compete. Let's say it would hold up or it's, it, it, it seems enforceable and you want to go look for another job. What is the best course of action for that? Um, you, you start out by determining whether the non-compete is enforceable. And it has to be reasonable with regard to time, one years to, to one or two years. It has to be reasonable in terms of scope, like what exactly can't you do? In other mm-hmm. words, it can't be just any job at a new employer. It has to be something that's same or similar to what you did before. And there's also a geographic scope. If the company you work for is only in Illinois or the Midwest, it can't be a national uh, non-compete. You can't, be, you can't be prohibited from working anyway, anywhere. So there's, certain, uh, there's a certain test that you have to sort of you know, think about in terms of how this applies to me. What am I trying to do? So here's the problem with non-competes, though. Um, 
it's safest to assume they're enforceable, mm-hmm. but a lot of times they're not enforceable as written or as applied to that person who wants to get another job. So it has a real chilling effect on that person. Right. And companies know that it dissuades them from looking for work. Um, and that's, uh, you know, that's, that's anti-competitive. That tends to dampen down wages. I have a lot of folks who come to me and say, I want to start a company. That's a huge problem for them because they can't because of a non-compete. Mm. And then the practical problem is, what do you do about it? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The, you don't want to fight the company necessarily, but you want your next job. In, or you want to start a company, and you and you need to make a living. It's, and you don't want to assume they're just not going to enforce it. Don't assume that. That's not a safe assumption. Yeah. Right. Because I, I go on internet forums sometimes, people are like, eh, they're not going to do anything yeah. about it. It's not worth it for them. It yeah. may be. So oftentimes my first question is, has this company enforced a non-compete in any similar situation in your workplace before? Can so I look I that up, or can you look that up? Well, a lot of people know. I can. I can if, if they've been sued. I can generally find it. But what, enforcement is, is not all the time being sued. It's a cease and desist letter, a really nasty letter, which says, I'm going to tell your new employer that you have this non-compete. I'm going to, and they're, they're going to terminate you, and there's going to be a bunch of damages if, if you continue to work there because you're taking Wait, our clients. Wait, they threaten your new job? Yeah, they do. So you've started at that new job. Yeah. You said bye-bye to the old yeah. one, and they send a letter to your new job yes. saying you're under a non-compete yep. for them. Yep. Does it, they're not trying to sue the new job. They're just trying to show them that, what, you're not a model employee and that well, there's potential hiccups along the way? Yeah, and, what, and what, what companies sometimes do is try to drive a wedge between you and your new employer. Right. Because then the new employer is like, oh, wait a minute, you know, we didn't talk about this, which frankly, I tell people all the time, you, you really should talk with your new employer about that. Hey, I have yeah, this. Surprises are bad. Right. You know, um, I have this. Let's talk about whether it's enforceable. What can I do in your company? What can't I do? Will you, will you defend me if they come after me? These are all bases that you really want to cover before you make that leap. But sometimes people come to me having not had any of those conversations. Starting point. Let me let's talk to the new employer. Let's talk. Let's show them the non-compete. You know, they get this letter and they're like, well, wait a minute, you know, but before you jump to just the let's just terminate the new employee. Mm -hmm. um, There are lots of ways to, frankly, deal with the old employer to see what the concern really is. So it's not a lost cause if you don't raise it, although you really should with the new employer. It just makes it a lot more difficult and, frankly, much more uncomfortable to get that notice that the new employer has no knowledge of. Is that so? I mean, and part of it's got to be why they send a new letter to your or uh, a letter to your new employee. Or employer is, I mean, they want word to get back to your fellow coworkers, they your do. former coworkers. That goes that back to the effect. dissuasion thing, yeah. Yeah. Because even if the non-compete is technically unenforceable as written, they're they're trying to enforce it anyway. Oh, this oftentimes, is the, this is interesting stuff. So, when should people reach out to you, perhaps at Siegel and Dolan? Is it, hey, I'm thinking about leaving this yeah, company. that's the best time. Okay. So uh, oftentimes someone will say, right, I'm, I'm going to leave my current employer. Here's my non-compete or my non-solicit of clients, right? Um, will you please tell me if it's enforceable? And here's where I want to go. This is what the company does. This is the job I had before. This is the job I want to get next. Um, and I work through that process with them, telling them whether it's enforceable or not as to their specific st- situation. And I'll work with the new company and say, listen, you know, my, my person's really excited to work for you. Let's just talk about the non-compete, what they can do, you know, what your concerns are as an employer. But we can work through this and we can work this out. I'd just be impressed as a boss that someone had a lawyer. <laughs> Seriously. Like if I had a, someone I wanted to hire and they came to me and they're like, oh, I'm going to have you talk to my employment lawyer. I'd be like, boy, this person's serious about what they want to do. I, I mean, it does add some weight in any situation to have a lawyer with you. Well, you know what? There are there are ways to solve that issue and to make it work when you're when you're transitioning jobs. For sure, uh, we'll do more with Patrick Dolan in just a bit. MSiegelLaw.com. M S I E G E L Law.com. I cleaned my glasses and I was able to read that a little bit easier, Patrick. How do you want people to call you, by the way? What's a good phone number to reach you yeah, at? Yeah, they can call my direct line, 312-651-4851. Say it one more time, a little slower. Oh, that's okay. 312 651 
four eight five one. Okay, we're getting some other questions on the text line about non competes three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred about anything related to employment law. More with Patrick after this on WGN. Patrick Dolan from Dolan from Siegel and Dolan. Um, this is a great text. Patrick eight four seven says. Wow, this is a great show. I've never listened at this time. I love that. Thank you for listening today. We appreciate that. Uh, And we're normally on from 1 to 3 on Saturdays. Sometimes that changes, though. Of course, we have Northwestern basketball. We have football. And um, Blackhawks, too, sometimes interferes. I believe next Saturday we're on at this time as well. Sometimes we're on Sundays. We move around a little bit. We try and keep you posted. But, yeah, that's what this show is all about. I ask a lot of dumb questions to really smart people. And we are going to continue that trend, Patrick. Actually, the 847, in addition to liking the show, said, isn't a non-compete over a time period? Like in the financial sector, it is like three months. And I think what they're saying is maybe it's three months from when you leave a job, you can't go get another one. Is that sometimes the addendum at the end? Or are there some that are more binding longer than that? Like you can't work at another company for X, Y, Z number of years. Yeah. So non-competes are always for a specific length of time. Most are one or two years. The caveat, though, is that it has to protect a legitimate business interest. So if there's really nothing to protect for that full year, it could be just a couple of months, three months, six months, something like that. But in the agreement, you're going to get a length of time. And that's you know, what's supposed to be enforceable. And we should mention now there is a salary line of demarcation, right? There is. So Illinois passed uh, a law within the past year or two that says if you make under $75,000 a year, a non-compete cannot be enforced against you. They also passed a similar law which says if you make under $45,000 a year, you cannot have a non-solicitation be enforced against you. Whoa, what's the difference? I don't know what that is. So a non-solicit is you, when you leave going to a new employer, soliciting the business from former clients. Clients oh, of your okay. former employer. Say, or, hey, come on over here. Yeah, come on over. Or employees you used to work with, same thing. You can't solicit them. Um, so Wait, that's not allowed? It's not if you have a non-solicit. No, it's not. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. So most non- Isn't that a free speech violation? Uh, n- no, not, not if, it, no. Not, not okay. generally speaking, yeah. No, it's an enforceable provision. And so most non-competes are coupled, actually, with a non-solicit of employees or customers slash clients. I never knew that. Yeah. I better look in my past see if I've <laughs> ever violated that. But you know what? You can't say like so. Let's just make sure, sure we got this right. Under forty five thousand, cannot do that. You cannot have a non solicit. Non solicit. Okay. So if you make over forty five thousand, you go to somewhere else, and you're like, "Hey, Billy, this place is great. You should come here." No good. If if, if they were, if I was told ahead of time, yeah. I can't do that. Yeah. If you have an enforceable non solicit, and what what companies sometimes to do is slip the word hire in. So it's not just a non-solicit, but a no hire clause. Uh, and that's even more difficult because solicit, you could be like, well, I didn't solicit them. Yeah, how do you prove yeah, that? They, they, there was a posting, they came to the job. Yeah. I had nothing to do with it. Just cause and, they're my roommate. Just cause, just cause they're my spouse that I know everything about that. I had nothing <laughs> to do with that. It, right. Yeah. And so, you know, it, it's a, it's a more difficult situation if there's an actual no hire clause, which they, Try to put in there too sometimes to actually restrict hiring from yeah your you can, you literally can't have a direct or indirect part in the hiring of somebody you used to work with when you're at a new job hard to prove but if they want to they it probably is. can try yeah but remember it goes back to those cease and desist letters and that dissuasion effort oh yeah you don't want to deal with that you know as a, someone going from one job to another you don't want to have to deal with your former company frankly intervening with your new job. Make me feel better, Patrick. What percentage of people are like me that doesn't read every part of your agreement, doesn't read every part of the employment handbook, has very little knowledge of what happens if they leave uh, or their rights when they leave? A lot of people are like this, yeah, right? A lot of people are okay. like that. Yeah. A, like 90%? Make <laughs> Pro- me feel better. Probably. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but that's something that people should take into their own, right? Like we have access to these documents. We can talk to someone before we sign them. This is something that we really have to take ownership of. You know what? I think what happens is people are so excited with the new job, and they don't want to ruffle the feathers or negotiate or something like that with their new employer too hard about terms and conditions, right. et cetera, et cetera. Um, so they just don't read it that closely for reasons that I understand, but the problem is your job ends. It's going to end. Right. Or they, so, or they read it and go, eh, but I don't want to ruffle but I don't any feathers. Want, right, right, right. But I don't want to make a big deal about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but there are things to do, um, that, to, to make your situation better going in that really don't, they're, they're not, you know, aggressive actions or anything like that. And they will make 
uh, the terms and conditions of your job better, and you'll know what your rights and obligations are when you leave. So there are certain steps that I that I don't think are a big deal at all that can really help you. All right. 773 says, how do old jobs know about the new job if you don't tell them? I guess it depends on the industry and people that are common amongst different offices, etc. Yeah, cetera. And, I, and I get that a lot. You know, uh, it, that's exactly how. And they, and they do know. And, you know, in your former colleague who you thought was your friend can, you know, might say this with, hey, you know, my buddy went over to this company. And they're like, oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. So it, it really, they've, you know, most companies find out if you go to a competitor. Yeah. Say that. That's got to be industry specific, too. I'm sure some people work in industries where you're like, how would they ever know? Yeah, but yeah. in it some really industries, depends. you're like, eh. Like in, in the media world. Uh, everyone I, will know. Everyone will know, yeah. <laughs> but you're right. Some com- some it's just very unlikely. Yeah, for sure. Very unlikely. I, I, I do want to leave time for this. We've got about okay. three minutes left. If I've been laid off as a result of a reduction in force, what are my rights? And so that's a, a specific type of layoff that you have different rights than if you were to have messed something up on your own end, right? Yeah. So there is there is typically a notice obligation if it's a large group layoff that allows you more time to find a job. Okay, there, there's an act that protects you and gives you more time. Um, and there is a lot of, there are obligations that the company has with regard to benefits or maybe continued comp that are in their policies that apply to large group layoffs as opposed to just an individual leaving. So you sort of benefit oftentimes from the collective being laid off versus you just trying to negotiate your own separation agreement. When you say you have more time to look for a job, do you mean that the company will notice. pay you longer or no? no? Well, yeah, yeah. They have they have an, an additional notice requirement. They can't just fire you today okay. or on a Friday and In say mass. this is your last day. Right. They have to give you more time notice. And so during that time, you'll get paid, but you can use it to find another job. Is the devil in the details in terms of what makes it a large force reduction? Or could it be, hey, it was two of us today, as opposed to just the one of us? It could be a small group. It could be a small group that constitutes a reduction in force that will trigger those obligations, yes. Okay. So, boy, that seems surprising to me, because I bet there's people out there, boy, I'm thinking of my industry, where it's a Friday and... 5% 5% of the people are let go for, hey, we got to make better payroll or whatever it is. We just can't afford you all. And they have no idea that they might be. It could be a group could layoff. Be. Could be, yeah, it could be a group is, layoff. Is that a company-by-company company policy, or are there state no. and federal? Uh, there, are law, there are laws that will determine whether your layoff constitutes a, quote, group layoff, where you will um, be allowed certain um, uh, rights, et cetera. So you're like this perfectly nice guy, right, Patrick? You're like very chill, you're relaxing, you're very charming. (laughs) And I just want to know, like, if someone just has like a question like that, like, hey, I was laid off, I have no idea. Can they just call you and sure. your firm and ask, right? Oh, no, I, I think I'm happy to are, talk with them. I think people are afraid to call a lawyer because they're like, well, the clock's going to start running. No. And then, no, no, people call me all the time and just ask my opinion about a situation. And no, I'm, I'm just happy to help them. And how can people call you? Um, my direct line is probably the best, 312-651-4851. Before we go, mm-hmm, please, I want to wish my daughter Isabella a happy 21st birthday. She's um, our youngest, and I think her older siblings are going to take her out on the town oh, tonight. Oh, all <laughs> right. she likes it or not, oh, I think she's birthday. going. Isabel, you said? Isabel, yeah. Isabel, 21 years old. Okay, give me the number one more time. 312-651-4851. It's You can also Google Patrick Dolan Lawyer. That's how I found the website, yep. too. <laughs> yep. Google's a really powerful tour. Yep. I can give you 30 seconds for this question that just came in. Go ahead. Does HR protect the company or employee? 30 seconds, Patrick. Oh, no, it's mostly the company. Don't don't, don't be misled by that. They can be helpful, but they represent the company. You didn't even need 30 seconds. No. You needed like 13 for that (laughs) one. I could have said it even longer. I was going to say, little did you know I needed 30 (laughs) seconds. No, I'm just kidding. That's great stuff. Patrick, it's great to chat with you. We'll do it again soon, okay? Thanks, John. Yeah, for sure. That's Patrick Dolan again, msegallaw.com. I agree with all the textures that this was an interesting show. This was a good one. We got uh, salt weapons. We chatted about employment law. Mike Leonard had some interesting stuff. We'll do it all again next week. 